Welcome to today's show. Let's talk about the five rules of powerful public speaking, the five power rules. I'll tell you this, I was just doing a live sales training call for some people who wanted to come work for me at my offices. And I told them, let me tell you a tragedy of epic proportions in this world. The skill, if you could have one skill that could propel you almost further than any other skill, what would it be? Would it be organization? Would it be all this, you know, would it be to uh, know physics, math, engineering? I mean, all those are great. Would it be to know how to launch businesses and branding and marketing? I said, nope. Give me one powerful skill that I excel at, that I'm in the top standard deviation in, in the world communication and public speaking. I'm not talking about necessarily going on stage. Let me be clear on that. Now, how much of your education and your upbringing was devoted to teaching you even one-tenth of what you need to know about communication? If you could communicate, you'll never be broke. You can always find a job. You can always close deals. You can always talk your way to where you need to be. And I'm saying not in a dishonest disingenuous way you could communicate who you are listen you're probably a lot more skilled a lot better than the average person can perceive look when you meet a stranger if you study evolution let me just jump into these five power tips so the first rule is understand evolutionary psychology okay understand evolutionary psychology and risk aversion so first thing you got to know before you become a powerful communicator speaker deal maker salesperson whatever entrepreneur uh power employee ceo whatever it is you want is that you got to understand the fundamentals why why is it so hard to be a good communicator and some people think well it's because you know maybe you're shy or you get nervous when you're on stage nope Let me tell you why. It's the other side, it's not you. Humans, by their very nature, don't trust other people. If you study evolution, evolutionary psychology, my mentor, Dr. David Buss, taught at Harvard, teaches now at uh, University of Austin. He said, look, you understand the brain, we we are descendants of great-great-grandparents that didn't trust strangers, stranger danger, okay? So we've built mechanisms in our brain, even subconsciously, that when people are talking to us, we're not really listening. We're doing other things. We're trying to assess, is this person a risk to me? Is this person going to steal from me? Is this person going to take advantage of me? Is this person going to punch me? Okay. Now you might not realize you're doing that, but trust me, walk up to somebody off the street. I'm here in Central Park right now. Walk up to people off the street and just start talking to them loudly. Not even obscenely or obnoxiously loudly, just, you know, boisterously. They're going to first they watch their eyes or have your friend do it and film it. You'll notice their body language is going into defense mechanisms. And so what happens is when you want to be a good speaker, let's say you're trying to raise money or let's say you're trying to build your website because this applies to websites too, where you have to be a good communicator on your web page with your product, with your branding, with your marketing. What happens is people aren't really listening to what you're saying. So you prepare this perfect talk, this perfect speech, you have a job interview or you want to ask your boss for a raise, you prepare all the right words. You walk in there and you think they're listening to those words, but they're not really. So communication breaks down. You don't get your point across. You're not persuasive. 
they don't get it and you don't get what you want. So, step number one, power step. Understanding this risk aversion of the subconscious will make you do number two. So number two, more important than you actually being a good communicator is you be, uh, you be what I call an overcomer, okay? So what that is, is you must master the ability to overcome the cognitive dissonance, the cognitive bias that's in the person's brain listening to you. Again, you're trying to get a job. You're sitting in that interview. Your job is not to communicate like, oh, here's, here's what I did in my last three jobs and here's a letter of recommendation. I mean, you might wanna do that. That's not your main goal. Your main goal is overcoming their cognitive biases, which I spoke of previously. The main one here being risk aversion. They're risk averse. So how do you overcome people's fear? To be an overcomer and communicator is different than to be an elaborate, well-spoken person. That's why some of the great, greatest speakers don't have the best grammar. They're not technically great speakers, but you know what? They overcome people's fears, their biases, uh, and they get people to actually get it. Okay, and we'll talk about that later. So the second tip is, I'll just give you some practical things. One of the things you wanna do is you wanna know if the person's highly anxious, because everyone you speak to is basically either kind of anxious to be speaking to you or listening to you or highly anxious. And you gotta adjust a little bit. If you're speaking to a person that you perceive as anxious, they really don't believe what you're saying. It's really a hard sell. Slow down. That one tip's gonna change your life. Slow down. Don't speak so fast. I'm gonna do it right now in this talk. Some of you who are highly suspicious people and you hear my show and I'm talking real fast, you start going, oh, this guy's a fast talker. You're not even listening to what I say. I could be saying the most magical, logical words ever uh, you know, spoken and you're still going, hmm, I don't trust this person. So slow down, slow down in general when you're communicating, slow down. I will tell you, I have found times where slowing down is worse, meaning, um, and, and that, that's a, I don't wanna get too technical here, but when you're trying to get people's attention, speak fast. When you're trying to get people's trust, speak slowly, okay? All right, that's a little practical. So sometimes I'll speak quickly at the beginning because if it's, there's been a lot of studies. When people speak too slowly at the beginning, you perceive them basically as kind of stupid, okay? so. Start fast, slow down, especially when you're getting to the critical parts. All right, step number three, understand the seven second goldfish rule. Okay, scientists have now found that the average human with cell phones and pop-up ads and the internet has a shorter attention span than a goldfish. Average goldfish, God knows how they tested it, has a seven second attention span, okay? The average, person now has a five second attention span. So just to understand one thing, sometimes you need to stop when you're speaking, give people a break. Sometimes you need to ask people, hey, do you get what I'm saying? Any questions? You just, you gotta take the time to be aware that people, um, they're not always able to listen. I'm in a loud little part of Central Park right now. 
I do these shows while I walk. I kill two birds with one stone. So, all right. So, sometimes you're going to have to literally stop and be like, hey, you get what I'm saying? Any questions? And the other thing, you, you repeat yourself. Repeat yourself. Notice I just did it right here. I just re- said the word repeat myself, that phrase, twice. Repeat yourself. People may have been looking down on their phone when you said your key critical point. Repeat yourself. Okay, fourth point. Um, now, <clears throat> the balance between prepar- preparation and improvisation. Number four, the power rule. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. You could be too prepared. When you're too prepared, and I've been very, you know, I did a TEDx talk that's, I think, top 15 talk of all time. It's on why I read a book. I did it in, I think, 2014 or something in Europe. And um, that one I prepared a lot. And um, people seem to like it. It's, you know, got whatever, 10 million views or something like that. But there's other things that I did with very, very little preparation that have gotten 50 million views on YouTube. And, um, you know, look, I can't tell you that one way is always better than the other, but I could tell you this. Never would I have a strategy as a public speaker, communicator, to always do one or the other. I would never 100% of the time speak from a prepared speech, and I would never 100% of the time improvise. I have found, without a doubt, that when I do a little bit of both, like maybe you start out the first minute of your presentation or talk as prepared and maybe your close is prepared and maybe the middle section but please improvise because here's why remember how i said it's not so much what you say but it's the the fear you overcome in people well just imagine i started speaking to you like this hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the ty lopez show today i will be speaking on the five power uh, power rules of public speaking and communication. Number one, see how that sounds like I'm reading off cue cards, I'm reading off a teleprompter? Guess what it does? It instantly makes you less likely to trust me subconsciously. Now, some people, about 80% of the population like that, there are some people who are what we call builder personality types. They're highly conservative. They tend to like more structured speeches, but the vast majority of the human population is... Uh, if you're too formulaic, they just go, Ugh. That's why if you look at pu- good public speakers, politicians, anybody, um, they had this mix where you felt like, okay, it's not a disorderly speech. They're not completely improvising. I'm not wasting my time listening to them because they're just rambling onto 33 different points and bouncing around. They feel like they have a plan. People like to listen to people who have a plan, but at the same time, you're like, these people are speaking from the heart. So a good rule when you don't know what the ratio should be, just be 50-50. Let 50% of your talk be improvised, your communication. If you're doing a job interview, prepare 50% of what you're going to say and let the other 50% free flow, okay? All right, now we are on to number numero five. Number five here. Okay. Um, sorry. My little mic here was messed up. Uh, number five, and by the way, you can even hear in this talk that I've done some preparation. I've got the five PowerPoints and that I'm improvising as I go. And it gives it, in my opinion, 
it appeals to the widest potential audience. It's your best chance. It's your best poker hand to play. It gives you the best odds of breaking and being an overcomer, overcoming people's fear, cognitive biases, and getting them to really listen to you. Okay, the fifth point, it may be the most important, is if you rate your speech, the most important one to 10 factor is what I call ET, emotional transference. So you could ignore all the other power rules I just gave you. If you just master this fifth one, you are going to be a powerful communicator. The fifth one is ET, not like the movie The Alien, means emotional transference. So my question to you is, you have an audience. It might be one person, it might be your website funnel, it might be your, even your social media, it might be a person you're standing face to face. It could be a large audience of 500 people. Can you transfer the beliefs and strongly held convictions that you have in your, in yourself, in your heart, in your soul, in your brain? Can you make them feel that? If you can, you'll be an amazing speaker. Even if you forget your words, even if you don't have great grammar, even if you're sweating and super nervous every time you give a talk, boy, I'll tell you this, a polished speaker who just is formulaic and just talks, listen to me, you wanna buy this product. This product is amazing, it's changed many lives. Let me show you a testimonials of four people who bought this product and had their life changed. That'll have nothing compared to the voice of conviction where you say, listen to me, trust me. I've used this product. I've given it to my friends. I gave it to my mother. Changed our life. Changed our life. Look me in the eyes and understand that this isn't BS. I know you've been BSed by salespeople before. This is real. So if you, that was just an example, okay, of me speaking with passion, with charisma. You must have this. Now, I'm going to end by saying this. How do you get it? Because you might be like, oh, that's easy to say, Ty. You know, have passion, have charisma. I don't have it, Ty. Okay, good news. It can be built. It can be trained. It's like a muscle. Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't start out with big biceps. He started out maybe a little stockier than the average person, maybe a little stronger, but nothing like the seven-time Mr. Olympia he became. So you could become world-class at this. If you only do this one thing, you spend the time, spend the time buying in yourself. That's the trick. That's where charisma comes from primarily. People who take the time, and you're going to have to take some time to make yourself believe if you're selling a product, if you're selling yourself, you know, as a job interview, hopefully not literally selling yourself, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you could speak, I mean, if you can believe it, then you can communicate it. And I've found, you know, there's a lot of books and things on how to be more charismatic, but this one thing you have, to, and sometimes it takes you a year to believe in the thing, the product. But I'll give you an example. I have employees who work for me, okay? When I'm training them on day one, I say, I want you to, I want you to get these products first. I want you to spend a week going through them. I want you... Here's a file of all the testimonials we've gotten in the last five years from people who use this product. I need you to spend a week reading this. If you need to, call these customers. Hear it for yourself. Don't just be selling my products as an employee of mine. Be selling them as an evangelist because 
You've taken the time, you're not lazy, and you found out, yes, 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 this works. If you're doing a job interview, take some time. Go, go talk to people who know you. Say, what are my strengths and weaknesses? What are my superpowers? You know, because a lot of people are insecure. But I'll tell you this, everybody has a superpower. So you gotta take the time to buy in so that when you're sitting in that job interview or when you're talking to somebody, you can say, listen, I'm not perfect. I'm gonna be blunt, but I have one superpower. And blankety, this is why you wanna hire me. I have a superpower in organization. I have a superpower in empathy and connecting with people. I have a superpower in my hard work ethic. I will work for you, Mr. Job Interviewer. I will do, when other people aren't working, I'll be there. You see? And when they feel your conviction and you transfer your conviction through words, the only thing words are good for is to transfer emotions, by the way. It's not logic that sells, only about 10. I mean, some people say 20% of people are logical. I would drop that easily down to 10, possibly five. Now there's, there's about half the planet that thinks they're logical, but they're illogical about thinking they're logical, trust me. Nothing about their life is logical. I mean, not much about our life is logical. Just think about the clothes we wear, <laughs> you know? Why don't we wear wigs like people did in the 1700s? There's no logical reason except we don't wanna emotionally feel like an outcast and be laughed at. There's no logical reason. In fact, the clothing we wear now may or may not be as logically functional as the clothing the Native Americans used to wear, you know? People wear a lot, women wear high heels. Native Americans wore moccasins. Moccasins are a lot better on your feet. You know, you have a lot less foot problems, leg problems, but we're not logical. You know, people wear heels, people wear all these things because they emotionally want to feel a certain way. Everything about this world is illogical and emotional. There's so little logical. Even scientists I know, PhDs I know, are some of the most illogical people I've ever met. Now, they may be able to be logical at times while they're doing their specific physics equation, but you look at their life, just look at some of the wealthiest people in the world, how they are with their dating and marriage life. It's like, makes no sense. I'm not gonna bring up names, but sometimes I look at these people, I'm going, really? You're the richest per one of the richest people in the world, and this is how you are, like, with other people? And then I would go, well, Ty, humans ain't logical. So, of course. So once I understood that, I became a better speaker. I, my emotional transference went through the roof. All of a sudden, I was like, I know how to speak to people. I must speak from the emotion that I've spent the time creating in myself and by creating that in myself and then practice you know practicing my 50 50 prepared speech and 50 percent improvised talk by focusing on overcoming their fears all of a sudden i become a power public speaker i've spoken to hundreds of millions of people in almost every country in the world through social media and public speaking but that came, that was a learned skill. Now, I was always somewhat of a decent speaker, but that doesn't mean anything. What makes you a great speaker is what makes you great at anything. Practice makes perfect. So, I hope each of you becomes a power speaker. You'll thank me one day. And I'll tell you this, you're gonna one day look back and be like, what the heck did I learn in school? What the hell are they teaching me? This is garbage, teach me nothing. And here you are, years later, listening to this random talk I'm giving while I'm walking around 
uh, Central Park and you're going, well, now I got it. So here's my advice to you. A lot of life gets wasted by stupid people being in charge of our lives. I'm gonna tell you that right now. A lot of people, a lot of people have bad parents. A lot of people have bad teachers. A lot of people have bad pastors and all this stuff. I mean, there's some good ones, but <laughs> uh, the vast majority are either average or don't really care about you enough to talk about this stuff that I'm sharing with you freely here. So I'm not trying to boost myself up. I'm just trying to say, you're gonna have to learn to deal with that kind of pain and anger when you look back at your life and be like, why am I, why didn't I learn this when I was 12? What was I learning 12, play video games? Why didn't anyone take an hour out of the day, every day from age six to age 18 to train me in practical stuff and then to go out and practice it with me? It's not enough to just train, you gotta practice it and do it. So I hope you'll take this talk and go out, start doing it. Just practice on friends, practice. Get, get to this place where you're a master of these five PowerPoints, especially the emotional transference, power law number five. So good luck out there. Leave me a review, subscribe. Leave me a review. I was looking through today on what I should speak on next. So leave a comment or review with you know your thoughts, but more importantly, suggestions for my next talk. All right, talk to you soon.